Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Luke. And this is Will and Luke Discuss. A vodcast. And podcast. Where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being. This This episode, episode, we're discussing Will and Luke Discuss. So we thought this would be a nice idea to um, just have a bit of a reflection over the past uh, um, eight or so months. around some of the, the podcasts we've covered. Uh, we've done 21 in total. Uh, one of those was a, a two-parter, but we thought as it's uh, you know been the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, it's a, a good landmark in which to maybe just reflect on some of the impact some of the books have had on us. And uh, yeah, just have a bit of a unplanned, candid chat about um, yeah, kind of where we're up to and uh, yeah, what, what things we've maybe implemented from these books and these discussions that we've had. Cool. I've got the uh, got the list here. So it's a bunch of stuff we've covered. Attached, we started with reinventing your life, road less traveled, lying, atomic habits, mindset, six pillars of self-esteem, on confidence, the chimp paradox, the happiness trap, waking up, flow, sleep, the time of your life, the four-hour work week, getting things done, nonviolent communication, winning body language, games people play, and 12 rules for life. It's a lot of stuff. Nice. There's a lot of stuff there, yeah. And there's um, obviously some, I think, that stand out um, more than others. Um, I mean, I think probably to start start off with, maybe the one that had the, the biggest impact on me, I'd probably say it was Atomic Habits. Um, oh, yeah. Just in terms of, uh, yeah, giving a bit of a structure and a framework to kind of designing habits and, and dropping bad ones for me. And I think this year... Um, yeah, really kind of understanding that I will kind of drop to the level of my habits um, <laughs> when push comes to shove and you know, trying to put in some better habits with um, uh, my phone use in particular, um, going to the gym regularly, um, eating habits, spending habits. It's certainly something I've been able to implement across quite a wide range of mm. um, d- domains in my life. So it's something um, you've still been really keeping up. Yeah, and you know, with um, having having a journal that's got like a habit tracker in it as well, yeah, um, has been really helpful in kind of being able to, yeah, as part of like a, a weekly review, look back and kind of, uh, yeah, look back at the the votes I've casted for the person I wanted to be and I want to yeah. be. So that's um, definitely something. It's particularly going into a new year, it's just that sort of uh, um, milestone where you are kind of selling, either maintaining habits or starting new ones. So it's certainly something I keep yeah. fresh in my mind quite regularly. I've had a mixed like relationship with it, I think. So when we, I, I mean, I love the book and got well into it when we did it, like implementing stuff in my life. And it was like summer and I was in a different house. So it's like I'm, <laughs> I'm being very aware of how like my environment really shapes like the habits I form. And when you change that environment, it even habits, you know, I, I kept up, I had this whole routine, morning routine that at the time I, um, you know, I kept up for over two months, you know, of this daily routine of, but, you know, I, when I think back, I was out at six in the morning in shorts going around the park and it's like, there's a point at which you need to rethink that based on your environment. I mean, you could just say wear more clothes, but it's going to be dark and raining at some point and like, yeah, I moved house, and um, there's something about tracking it that uh, when you don't, when you when you felt yourself fall off. So I know you know one of his big things was don't miss twice, but sometimes I do, <laughs> and when I do, it starts to get really demoralizing. And and like I, I like I think I described it in the podcast, like the the house of cards did eventually fall, and um, for me. And yeah, I'm in a place now where it's like the new year. I'm in a new house kind of reflecting on what I want to get out of this year. And um, I want to like reestablish new habits again, but I feel like there was something I didn't quite get right that time. I don't know, I'm still trying to put my finger on it. I think from, from the outside, one, you probably did too much habit stacking without kind of establishing each habit individually. Mm. It sounds like you tried to do too much at once for what you were saying. You ended up trying to do like eight parts of this morning routine that involved a morning walk, meditation, yoga, short workout from what I remember. Um, And I think um, 
if you'll allow me to comment as well, I reckon uh, it sounds like sleep kind of got in the way of that as well. Like you just kind mm. of wake up to do this morning routine at like six o'clock and you're just like fucking knackered. And <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering how um, the, the podcast on sleep maybe made you think about like the impact of getting enough sleep and how that affects your daily routine. Uh, it's another one that's environmental. I think I'm learning about myself that I just need, or my body just craves more sleep in the winter. Um, I've been sleeping longer mm. in, in the summer, you know, seven hours. I, I'd feel all right. I like, and nowadays now it's like January seven hours. I, I'm feeling like stinging in my eyes for most of the day. So it's like, I don't know if that's my circadian rhythm or what, but it, it's, yeah. So if you base a routine around like a wake up time, you know, say at six and I've got stuff that might start at half eight, nine, half nine, something like that. I'm like basing that habit on having that chunk of time. But like, if that mm. six gets later and later and the other stuff stays still, it, I just, there's no way you can do the same thing in that time anymore. So it's, it's balancing these different uh, variables, which is tricky. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. You know, even now it's summer over here and um, you know, it kind of gets lighter, late, it gets darker later. Yeah. And I'm finding kind of my 9, 9.30 bedtime just gets pushed back like an hour. Yeah. I'm still kind of, still trying to wake up early in the morning. But then again, it's easier to wake up in the morning when it's warm. Like I can yeah. just walk out in the morning just yeah. kind of in my gym gear, whereas in the middle of winter, I'm, I'm dragging myself out and it becomes such a an effort um <laughs> yeah to do all of that yeah i had that this yes. morning i was like all right podcast is at half eight uh, i was up at like awake at like 20 past seven just in my duvet like all right just get up i just didn't it's <laughs> like, yeah, just, just yeah. so cold <laughs> it's like a frost yeah. and i <laughs> i just don't want to get out of the duvet um, <laughs> <laughs> so no yeah i guess thinking more broadly there's there's so if you take a habit that's really well established, like cleaning your teeth, that seems to like whether I'm in a hotel, whether I'm in a different country, in a hostel, I change my environment and that just sticks. There's something about mm. it that's so ingrained and triggered that the cue for it will come. I, I can't remember the last time I like didn't clean my teeth in an evening or morning. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, mm. and, um, it could be something to do with the age you start doing it at as well. But like, I would love to find that level of ingrainedness in a habit across this type of stuff we're talking about, like sleep routines, yeah. exercise. And yeah. I think as well, I kind of want to, um, it slightly digs a bit into like, um, the road less traveled around, like the delayed gratification part. Like, yeah, I feel sometimes my habits can, they can be too heavy on the side of like, delaying gratification and kind of doing things that I don't necessarily enjoy doing in the short term, but they feel good in the long term. I think I need to kind of mix up my, my routine with more stuff that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like habits around like eating and waking up early and going to the gym. Like a lot of those, they kind of like, you feel the benefit like later on. Um, yeah. I guess just trying to find ways to stay motivated doing things that I actually like, <laughs> are nice in the moment like being okay to do stuff that isn't necessarily like delaying gratification but it kind of uh, is stacked amongst things that do um if that makes sense yeah i, I completely relate to that and I, i've uh i want I, I want to work on this idea of uh being kinder to myself um i i sense you know there's a a part of me that's a bit relentless and uh, uh you know, in terms of thinking of 12 rules for life, the rule, you know, treat yourself as if you were looking after someone worth caring about or something like that. It was, a, yeah, it's like I, I treat myself a bit harshly internally than I would anyone else. And I'm trying to find that line between being kind and, and like you say, doing those things that aren't delayed gratification, but just are nice, but without, um, sacri you know, without, getting into bad habits which are not good for you later down the line and and you wouldn't want for someone you cared about you wouldn't want them to get into bad routines of eating and not exercising things like that so yeah it's balance. like it, i think it really is and i'll probably say that's like a key reflection from this year for me is that i'm 
almost having to accept that that is it's an ongoing battle to find that balance like mm. am i actually ever am i actually ever going to get to a point where i'm kind of entirely kind of satisfied with you know like every single choice that necessarily doesn't go towards the person i want to be like can you you know if i want to eat well and um you know get get in shape and be healthy like can i just go out and just how i can have an absolute like dirty meal with friends or just like have a few drinks and it not kind of count as a vote against the person mm. i want to be yeah. like can I, can I can i just do that and just see it for what it is and then kind of just get back on the train with that positivity it's, i guess it's a lot of that um i guess relating a bit to like mindset that sort of like black and white thinking when it comes yeah, yeah. to like habits and routines and like procedures that you're doing it's like I still find that really, really hard to not think in black and white terms. Think we, like, yeah. Well, just before the podcast, we were chatting about maybe doing a a bit of a series on willpower this year, and and um, is that guy uh, Jocko Willick? I don't know if you've come across any of his stuff, but one of his phrases is like "discipline is freedom." And it's something I find very appealing. You know, he was like a ex marine, and oh, I don't know much more than that, but. Um, it's like there's something appealing that if you just ingrain this stuff so it's on autopilot so it's not a struggle anymore then that would just be so much easier to live that way because then it's like mm. you know the stuff you're doing is good for you and it's so habitual that it's you're not um it's not taking up mental space anymore mm. and um i would like and i you know i have when i think back um like for example getting things done that's probably the book and I, I know i've read it before but rereading it and re-implementing it is the one that's uh probably if as i look around my environment and my day-to-day -day life has had the most impact on my behavior at the moment and a lot of that has become habitual uh, i think um but when you're like battling to form that habit and it is a struggle it's like yeah it's difficult it's like you just want it to be habitual already <laughs> yeah and it's kind of like yeah if you do anything to kind of go against that if you have like a bad week is it yeah. kind of like you need to start all over again so yeah it feels that way doesn't it whereas yeah, like, like if I, I miss cleaning my teeth i wouldn't feel that way <laughs> i would just be like i really need to clean my teeth <laughs> yeah you just kind of get you just jump back on it straight away wouldn't you mm -hmm. you know like you're off like, for whatever reason you just forgot to brush your teeth which is probably really rare but like you just thought, oh, I'll definitely do them tomorrow twice. <laughs> then the next the next three hundred days after that, you would do it, <laughs> you know, until you like forgot again. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's um, and that, that's the bit where like twelve rules for life like appeal to me in particular. You know, kind of about like get your get your life in order and you know have a focus and have discipline and uh, don't do things that you know not to be good for you. And then then the part of it in there as well is saying you know kind of like give yourself some freedom to like allow the world to kind of uh, present itself to you and not be so i guess controlling of your environment it's just it's just a really conflicting message that i guess i'm just continuing to battle with throughout mm. all of these books like i'll kind of get a yeah. surge of motivation where i'm just like yeah oh wicked like i can put all these things in order and yeah i'll give it a go and in general like i do ingrain them quite well it's not kind of like i try something for two days and it's just like yeah Know, habit of the week sort of thing but then there's a lot of things that have been implemented over time but it, it's like where's the where's the kind of release of that kind of control or mm. is it, can you become too controlling of your environment if you just like took the advice of every single self-help book you read and I, th <laughs> I think that's yeah. that's kind of the the risk and, and an underlying theme of us doing the project right is that we read something and we both give it a go at implementing it and mm. and then we we stack all these um things we want to do and uh, telling ourselves it's good to do and there's a part of me that wonders like if i just didn't commit to any of this i just didn't set alarms i i didn't um make any plan for diet or exercise anything like that getting things done <laughs> like would it all just go to shit or like i wonder what i would eventually i'd probably feel like going for a run i'd probably like not want that fifth pizza of the week i'd probably like want to like get up a bit earlier i, I don't know I'm, yeah. I'm just playing with that idea i would um it, it it's not like when, sometimes when i have a week off 
work i'd like yeah. take an annual leave i'll decide to like not kind of use my journal or use my habit tracker or yeah, yeah. um set intentions for the week or anything like that i might kind of uh mentally do it you know during a meditation or something just kind yeah. of like okay how, how do i want to spend this week you know what, what do i need to let go of to make sure i'm making the most of it but and i generally do kind of end up just kind of doing the things i'd usually do you know kind of yeah waking up eating relatively well but I suppose I, I went through a time in my life where I, um, a, c- a couple of years ago, where like I really needed to kind of get the basics down and mm. just kind of do the do the things that I knew were good for me, you know, such as like sleeping, eating well, exercising, um, you know, communicating clearly with people, making sure I was expressing my needs, that those sorts of things. And I found, I think these act as really good reminders for to, to do all those things. So mm. I mean, it's. That really resonates with 12 rules, right? That if you have yeah. gone off into chaos, that's like you just, it's, Bring yeah, it back you just to need it, yeah. some order back in your life as the simple things. Yeah. So I think I'd, I'd always probably be on the side of arguing for, for order. And I think yeah. maybe that's just the way I'm, the way I'm strung. But, you know, in terms of like thinking about, you know, realistically, like looking through these, like what I've implemented, you know, things like winning body language, like making sure I'm kind of, you know, facing people clearly when I'm talking to them like that. That's like one of the main things I've taken away and then getting things done. I've got like a next actions list, um, sleep. I'm trying to turn off technology like an hour and a half before bed, not looking at my phone first thing mm. in the morning. Um, you know, going, go through these like six per- pillars of self-esteem, you know, taking maximum responsibility, um, mindset, the closed open mindset concepts, mm. habits, you know, casting votes for yourself. Like there's, there's bits you take away from every single one of them. And I, I, I you know, dare, I wouldn't say that I've take implemented absolutely everything from every book, but I'd say across the board, mm. like there's, there's an aspect from each book that I do, I do carry with me in my day to day life, yeah. yeah, which is quite a nice thing. really. And there's, um, so far we've talked about like consciously implementing things, but I think you just touched upon there. There's stuff that like, yeah, if I reflect, I've not been trying to do on purpose, but have been a natural consequence of ingraining the idea and um yeah things like you know i'm not following <clears throat> for example nick Littlehale's sleep implementation completely but there are little bits from it that like you say with i make sure that you know an hour and a half before sleep all the lights are a, a bit dimmer and I'm, I'm sort of preparing myself mentally to be tired so i'm not just like flicking a light like the main light off and then like closing my eyes that that feels ridiculous to me now like so there are little yeah. things that i'm not thinking about yeah. consciously but do get ingrained definitely yeah mm. and yeah you know just about sleep in particular i try and get out the house as quick as, po- mm. as possible get into sunlight so i think that's kind of that's what i'm hoping from these books i kind of like mm. what i nothing I'm carrying with me or trying to do feels um, like forced upon me. It's kind of everything I'm doing is voluntarily kind of seeping into my way of being. And that's kind of like a nice way to live, isn't it? You know, like even that um, next actions list for getting things done, like I've got that in my diary. And that's been really, really helpful to look instead of just kind of having vague things or projects that need doing. Yeah. Even though it's not, anywhere close to the full implementation system that i know you've uh, yeah yeah you've worked hard to achieve like it's just an aspect of it that i've really really enjoyed um so something uh, i think uh, inspired me just to think about like my work life and what suits me like was four hour work week for sure yeah, yeah. like that yeah that definitely had an impact on me thinking about like does full-time work suit me does shift work suit me like how important is money to me what career do i want it really just threw a lot of things up in the air and i quite i quite liked that it challenged my um my my view on just work in general mm. my uh my goals in that area yeah that's a that's a funny book i enjoyed that <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's real <laughs> like yeah tr- really trying to get you to think outside the system of what, what the blueprint we've all been ingrained to um supposedly follow it gives you a bit of permission to kind of uh dream about living your ideal life i suppose doesn't it kind of yeah a, to do the i guess as david allen say the kind of horizon four and five stuff to really um and i guess that's where the i think that tony robbins program also had its um best moments is, is thinking <clears> about the the higher um broader meanings of life and like what you really want to get out of it and what you don't want to look back on having missed out on. Mm. So I think, yeah, the four hour work week really does that. We're thinking about, you know, can you, 
uh, earn money in a different way and and organize yourself such that you can do the things you want to do and not just wait till retirement when you know it's like 30 years later and you don't perhaps have the drive and the body you had when you wanted to do those things yeah i think that's um yeah and also like how how you spend the like the hours of your life you know in the tony robbins thing where he like gets you to break down like where do you put your energy during mm. the week like and where would you rather spend your energy like this? There's, uh, there's all the different zones, zone of enjoyment. So, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, that got me really thinking about like, okay, actually I'm spending way too much time doing this. And if I had the bit where it's like, if I had more time in the week, what would I do more of? Yeah. And then in that list is just things that just make you genuinely like just happy and free and relaxed. And, um, feel like you're progressing or something you generally enjoy. Like, how can you make more time for that? It, I yeah. guess it really got me kind of a, it almost made me quite stubborn around kind of like my work boundaries as well. Yeah. Like never staying back late um, or, uh, you know, kind of not treating work as the absolute center piece of my life. Mm. Um, kind of sacrificing myself for that. Um, yeah. 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 It, I, that definitely brought up a lot for me, particularly, I guess at the time it was kind of like, yeah, middle of the pandemic and work work felt a little bit harder than it normally normally would, I guess. And, uh, just wasn't enjoying five days a week. And I was just mm. There's a lot of stuff in there the about world. boundaries, isn't there? Like, yeah, yeah, and in like a kind of internal um, locus of evaluation, like knowing what's right for you, and not sort of um, sacrificing yourself for other people which which i know uh in our culture sounds like a virtue but as we've talked about in maybe nonviolent communication we serve others best when we are meeting our own needs first and like if everyone did that then you know the plat the <laughs> all boats would rise together right it's it's like if we all sacrifice one another for each other then we're all suffering whereas if we can get ourselves sorted first then we have capacity to um to give without resentment and bitterness and um yeah i think boundaries um, i think are really important i think 12 rules for life touches on that a little bit in terms of like that self-responsibility doesn't mm. get get yourself in order before you start kind of yeah trying to be the hero but uh yeah it's certainly um yeah there's been a there's been a lot of you know kind of every time i look at the list something else pops into my mind but you know in terms of like the communication as well like just watching how people, you know, talk to each other at work or outside of that or the way people communicate. I guess I've realized, um, obviously, the flaws in my communication and where I can improve. But I've also realized that people in general are quite poor communicators in, in my experience. Like, mm. Well, yeah, yeah so. compared to like the standards <laughs> we've learned from um, yeah, yeah from violent communication and potentially something in games people play like when you start yeah. seeing that everywhere it's quite eye-opening right people talk yeah for sure talking jackal or playing games yeah exactly and you know even kind of relating a bit back to lying as well and, oh yeah yeah um, yeah just yeah i don't know just i don't know it's just interesting i, I suppose like I'm, I'm as much looking at my uh myself as i'm looking at other people with this mm. like the times i i kind of catch myself communicating in a way that i'm like that's not what i meant to say or, mm. saying that just to kind of take the easy option out or um, have a shortcut, not cause any trouble or something like yeah. that. And, you know, kind of, again, back to 12 rules for life saying like all those moments like weaken you over time. And, you know, Sam Harris would agree with that in lying as well. Like every time we don't speak our truth. Yeah. Like that's so difficult as well. Mani manipulating the world. It's, yeah. I just, it's fascinating when just to watch other people and also, um, you know, a lot of people can't quite, um, just certain situations really fire them up as well. And they just kind of go into this whole different um, zone and way of being, you know, I've noticed situations that get me firing up and I'm not communicating mm. anywhere close to the way I want to communicate. Mm. I step out of it and I'm like, bloody hell, I got a bit like, got a bit over the top there. Or yeah. Kind of felt a bit out of control. Yeah. It's weird. Fell into a different ego state that's sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Not integrated with the rest of you. That's where I'm putting it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I had, um, um, I'm, I'm in the process of looking for a new therapist and I had a session yesterday, um, a new, with just trying someone out and 
even in that situation where the whole point is to provide a like safe, non-judgmental platform, I, I wasn't uh, kind of happy with. I didn't feel like she'd got what I said, and um, still found it so difficult to like interrupt and be like, "I just need to stop you there," and like to say like i i need you to hear this and just to say that truth in a context which should be the safest place to do it is still such a challenge um so i have sympathy for you know the stuff like if, if <laughs> implementing things like lying and uh, nonviolent communication and games people play like the ta stuff is is um uh, as you said about habits earlier it's just an ongoing process to to keep Voting, casting votes for yourself on, I think. Definitely. Um, I think what, what informs that is a lot, you know, with the um, stuff with the, the happiness trap and waking up, you know, the mindfulness, like really mm. paying attention to kind of the words coming out of your mouth and how you're, you're communicating and what part of yourself is communicating, like that general level of um, awareness raising that he talks about and six pillars of self-esteem as well. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. I I think that's just something that just has improved over time. And I've just noticed how that's helped me. I, mean, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's solved the problem of any of my um, poor communication or any of my reactions that I'm not, um, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not pleased with or anything like that, but just, like that general level of awareness raising really, yeah. I'll, I'll, ca I'll catch myself in so many more moments. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm finding I'm, I'm noticing I'm getting like judgmental or I'm getting resistant or I'm feeling lazy or I'm, I'm pulling back here. I'm tempted yeah. to kind of uh, cast them as the person in the wrong or something. I'm really, yeah, I'm able to notice that a lot, lot quicker. And it's mm. actually it's so interesting to watch that happen <laughs> in yourself. And it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because it's great, isn't it? Because on the one hand, it you, you can only um, make a new choice once you've got that awareness. If you're just on autopilot, if it, if it is a habit, um, perhaps not a positive one, then you can't even choose to change it. You, you might be able to think in hindsight and beat yourself up and be like, oh, I wish I said that differently. But un unless if you're just um, on autopilot in that moment and haven't got that mindfulness skill to see like, oh crap, I'm obviously in some sort of parent ego state at the moment. <laughs> I need to slow down. Then um, you can't even choose to give changing a crack. Um, so that, mm. yeah, like, you, yeah, such an important skill. I'm glad you threw that one in there. And how are you going to like, yeah, come up with like a new reaction to an old situation, you know, kind of. Yeah. And, but, oh, that's awareness. what I wanted to say. But on that, it's like doing, having that then makes you more responsible. If you're an autopilot, it's kind of like, you don't really have any choice in that moment and, and it frees you of responsibility. So thinking about 12 rules and uh, six pillars of self-esteem, once you have that awareness, that's, you now have more responsibility because it's now like, well, I can change now. I can change <laughs> you know a better path. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know better, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, um, you know, perhaps Jordan Peterson would say that's a bit of a, a heavier, heavier burden to carry and you bloody well should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of that... Um... It's interesting how those two <laughs> two blend together, really, isn't it? Like a, a raising an awareness is kind of a meant to give you a you know psychological space from your thoughts and give you that little pause mm. to make a decision, and then it's like you get to that point where you can make a decision. You're like, ah, crap. <laughs> I'm still, yeah, or kind of uh, you, you can begin to feel um, feel like bad about the way you're feeling about it. It's like, oh, I feel really rubbish and anxious about this, but. And I, I know why that is and I know I should do better, but I still feel this way. And that's kind yeah. of, a, that can be frustrating. So I think, you know, I brought up a recent situation with you, with you about this and how, um, like <laughs> we just spoken about, you know, in, in a podcast that, you know, but I wanted to react differently and I didn't want this to bother me as much as it did, but it was, and I just found it really hard to accept it. And <laughs> it's like, if I wasn't aware of it, I would have just felt it without the additional kind right. of, uh, sense of guilt that I shouldn't be uh, reacting the way I was. Um, so it's like you know, when you're, yeah. when you raise awareness um, to the reactions and the ways in which you don't, you know, are not in line with your ideal self, it can have you then sort of um, beat yourself up or feel bad 
in a way that you wouldn't have had room for if you weren't aware of it if you're an autopilot yeah and, and especially if you've done some of the like you know the um you know Teddy robbins or the horizon five and six stuff yeah. get, getting things done you kind of set these visions for yourself that like this ideal self you're going for something yeah. you're striving for like you've locked in your values like how you want to spend your time <laughs> how, how you want to interact with people yeah. and then you kind of you catch yourself not being that and it it's mm. it's difficult to um not highlight the distance between the two although that's yeah. that's although you know that's not entirely helpful that you know that's not like yeah. a, ki- a kind way to be to yourself it's uh yeah it's, i suppose it's the um i guess that's something to work on this year like how how can i uh bring awareness to my flaws without it kind of uh feeling debilitating can i use it as like more encouragement as opposed yeah. to kind of like oh, here I go again, like not being the person I want to be, et cetera. Yeah. It's like finding, it's like, it takes a level of awareness to um, notice the gap between where you're at and your ideal in a given moment. Like if you're in an ego state or you've caught yourself lying or something. And then, and then we, we naturally, I mean, I'm sure many people relate to this. So I'm sure it's not just me and you, but naturally when you notice that gap, there's a reflexive sort of self-punishment or at least self-disappointment in that. And and I guess you're saying like, can can we find a self-acceptance even though we have an ideal, we we, we have an awareness of when we're not there and it's happening right now, right at the very (laughs) moment, I'm not being the person I want to be. And can I still be okay with that? Like, can I find, as Nathaniel Brandon would say, like you can only accept where you are. Um, Mm. Can you find self-acceptance in that moment? Because presumably beating yourself up uh, isn't helpful. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is where I find some... Either it's um, those whimsical advice you hear from people or online or yeah. um, from some self-help books in general that they're like, when it gets to that point where you're kind of analyzing the gap between where you are and where you're supposed to be, there's this kind of just like, oh, be kind to yourself. It's okay. You're not there yet. You'll be all right. Sort of thing. It's too like, it's too soft an approach for me, like yeah. that side of things. Like I don't, obviously I don't feel like I need to be like berated being like, okay, you're not where you need to be, mm. but it's kind of uh, trying to use it as motivation for action, not motivation for like non-action just to kind of uh, be like, Oh, you know, just have that cake tonight or just be, be lazy. Mm. I feel like I need for me, self-compassion is something that kind of, uh, I guess I'm just riffing on it here, but it's more yeah. something that needs to fire me into doing something, not kind of a, uh, just kind of accepting that I've, I fell short. It's more like, okay, what can I do better yeah. next time? As opposed to kind of just like, yeah. Sounds passive. like what you're really highlighting there is the difference between <clears throat> your inner life and your behavior. So like, it's, it's the same kind of advice um, that sort of a person-centered approach to parenting would have. It's like, you can, you can accept your, and you, well, you, you want to aim to accept that your child is say, furious in that moment or even wants to hit or or like has a desire to hurt and you you can accept that they feel that way while still not letting them do the behavior and i I wonder if there's something similar in that in in like accepting we have a desire or a feeling but like you say not just self-compassion doesn't have to lead to sort of uh eating the cake (laughs) yeah it kind of relates that sort of um being nice doesn't necessarily mean kind of uh, like being kind. Am I saying it the wrong way around? If being kind, someone doesn't necessarily sorry. Being yeah. kind, someone doesn't necessarily mean being nice. Like <clears throat> as you said, like you wouldn't if your friend was alcoholic, you wouldn't give him a, yeah, a and beer. Yeah, he asked you for a ten. Nice. <laughs> it's not yeah, nice yeah. to lend it. Yeah, lend an addict money. It's not. It's not really kind, is it? It's because you. But it's it's perhaps easier. It it's um it avoids conflict. That's probably a good way of putting it. That we we mm. mistake being nice with conflict avoidance and what um, yeah. uh, Marshall Rosenberg calls being a a nice dead person. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just wondering how that like how can all like translate to yourself. So saying like if uh, 
let's say I've, I've fallen short or something. I've kind of got this goal that I want to be like a, in a certain shape in three months time. And I want to be healthy and eating well and rested. And then I kind of have this goal. And I end up eating like three really dirty meals a week instead of the one I allowed myself. Mm. Like in that moment, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, I'm falling short of my goal. This is affecting the long term. I don't feel good about it short term. Like what's the, uh, what's the angle to play with that? Mm. You know, what's the, I mean, I don't know if that's just a rhetorical question or something yeah, to yeah. use over this year for me, but it's a, I think that's a big question I need to ask myself is that how can I, how can I like adopt responsibility without it um, <laughs> feeling kind of like critical of myself, like yeah. taking responsibility can feel quite close to self-criticism. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. I don't, I, yeah. No, that's a really, sure really good that. point. I think yeah. that's, uh, that's that's a massive question isn't it and it's a really good one it's a really yeah. deep one how do we take responsibility and as you say not have that translate into uh treating ourselves in such a way that just adds more suffering and that isn't helpful for our well-being um and the way we don't really want to be with ourselves in life but but also not wanting to fall to the sides of, of that sort of nice kindness where we let ourselves act in ways which um, lower our self-esteem in the long run and lower our yeah, self-respect in the long run. But good for the short term, yeah. yeah. I, I think sometimes for me it's about like, I think when I do something that is going against maybe the long-term goal or... Um, goes against the delayed gratification it's kind of like i want to negate responsibility for it there's like let's say like you came to melbourne or something and like we went out for a dinner yeah and we just like oh fuck it let's have like a few pints let's just go for dessert like let's just go crazy and it like wasn't part of my weekly plan or something yeah it's kind of like in if that example i'd be like well I'm just going to like just take away all responsibility from that and just kind of put it into like this, it's like this other person doing it. Whereas <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think what I, um, just trying to work this out as we go along here, yeah, like yeah. what I tend to do is like, um, what I can't do is take full responsibility for that decision mm. to go against a long-term goal. Mm. It's that I can't be like, I'm choosing to do this. This is my, my choice. I'm, yeah, I'm taking the action that is going against the long-term goal, but I believe that this is something I've weighed up in the short term. Mm. It's worth, it's worth doing. So it's, it's like a temptation to sort of split it off or compartmentalize it in some way rather than fully own it in that moment. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, it's almost kind of a, it's, it's difficult to own your, bad behaviors yeah I, don't, I don't almost don't i feel like choosing the word bad wasn't right but the, the ones that are kind of aligned yeah with the i see what you mean yeah yeah it's kind of like is there a way of maybe it's just a time to reflect back on you know taking maximum responsibility you know from six pillars of self-esteem um like just taking mm. absolute responsibility for every decision and i guess maybe sometimes that's just too much to take that's why we a lot of people including myself might just negate that responsibility in those moments of a weakness. They just kind of don't want to face the fact that that was a choice mm. they made. Yeah. Then I wonder um, how, how that might then impact future decisions. So um, if you've now got this sort of split off part of you <laughs> where you can sort of deny responsibility, then it kind of, thinking about it as a habit, it can sort of grow, right? And become a bit stronger. Than yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take responsibility for the good things you've done. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Um, don't think I've quite got the answer, but I suppose that's kind of a, a question that is brought up for me. Yeah. And it all comes back down to that, that balance that we talk about. Like how do you kind of uh, maintain kind of structure and, you know, things that are good for you in the long run versus also kind of enjoying life's short-term opportunities that present themselves to you and kind of just being open to go with the flow and not being so strict that it becomes constricting of your, your day-to-day happiness. Um, and each book's provided a different angle on that in their own little yeah. way. I'm not quite sure I've been able to find the answer, but that's, that's yeah. Yeah. Cause in the, in the example you gave, you know, what would be 
wrong with owning that you know it's it's um in the context of seeing a friend you've not seen for a long time and just like putting everything sort of to one side for a night and just um in enjoying each other enjoying those pleasures and um why not own that and be okay with it in a way i'm just throwing it out there as again a rhetorical (laughs) yeah yeah interesting yeah no i think um gave that a good musing it's an interesting thought but um I think like a lot of these books provide a different angle on that, which I, which I quite like. I think that's probably the question I'm trying to, I suppose I'm always trying to improve my uh, like habits, processes, ways of doing things, refining, getting better, setting goals, having, having visions, that sort of thing. But then, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe the next book we do on stoicism. It might provide some, some answers. Um, I think so like reflecting on this whole project and the, the mentality that got us into it in the first place, it's like surely w- perhaps implicitly what we're saying is we're, we're looking at stuff, uh, books or whatever, um, ideas, implementing ideas such that we, you know, live a life that you don't end with big regrets. You can sort of feel proud of, make the most of, that sort of thing, like um, rather than living yeah, make, an unexamined life, when makes know, the most of your time, your opportunities, your skills, your talents. Yeah, such that you enjoy it and you um, you grow as much as you can, and, and you just make the most out of life. I think that's so. Absolutely. If you, um, I, I'm I'm sort of reiterating the same point in a different way, but to think to then. So, so you start off with that and then you start painting this idea of like what a, a life of no regrets might look like. And then inevitably you're going to not match the ideal most of the time and stumble. And it's, we're using it as sort of a trying to find that guiding star to head towards without necessarily reaching it. And um, to the degree to which that guiding star triggers suffering and triggers us to be like beating yourself up. Oh, I didn't do this well enough. I didn't do this well enough. Oh, I should be doing more of this. Uh, if you lived a life of that, <laughs> that's uh, clearly not optimal, right? To, to live a no. life like hitting yourself on the head and like constantly watching yourself. Um, mm, holding it too tightly and also, yeah. like not, also like kind of not expecting problems to come your way. <laughs> I suppose like, oh, if I do all these things, then. I'll have no issues or there's no reason to. I think that's where flow oh, yeah. kind of um, comes in a bit because it, it, it talked about in that, in those moments of flow, that's where we're not self-consciously like watching ourselves <laughs> and we're, mm. we're just mm. in it, but we're on autopilot with stuff that's meaningful to us, not on autopilot yes. with lying or <laughs> having poor communication or whatever. It's, um, but I could see how you could get in, not you, like one could get into the pattern of struggling to reach that flow for many, many years and look back and be like, shit, what the hell was I doing all that time? Just beating myself up and guarding myself Mm. and treating myself a bit um, fascistically. Even with um, the Tony Robbins stuff, like looking at your time wheel, like once you've had a look at that and you're like, oh, if I continue to do things the same way like think of the amount of hours of your life you're wasting doing <laughs> on yeah. the zone it's quite like it's quite confronting <laughs> i suppose it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just another yeah i guess, I guess it's just they're, they're good things to do but it's also like yeah thinking about like i guess before you do stuff or before you read it i guess being like ready to fa- face it head on and also i guess having a bit more of a I don't know. It depends how lightly you want to hold it. Like there's some books that you kind of take on full heartedly and it kind of changes your whole orientation to life. And there's other books where it's just kind of like, have a think about this. This could help. Mm. Um, but certainly like when you're asked to evaluate your, uh, your biggest goals and your dreams and desires, like I suppose you've got to be ready to, ready to see what comes back on the page when you write it down. Mm. Like, and nothing's going to change if you don't do something about it like you can you can do like a um 
yeah, like a time scale or write your ideal life. But if you don't take any actions whatsoever towards it, then I guess you can't expect to see the progress. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to hit it, but I guess there's a, there's an innate um, enjoyment in feeling like you're working towards something or you're improving day by day, like that 1% stuff in Atomic Habits. Like there's a, there's a good feeling to that. Maybe it's more about, yeah, kind of like the process as opposed to mm. sort of hitting this single single goal. And like if you do fall off track, maybe that's the time to reorientate or um, course correct. Mm. Yeah. So, so there's as, a, like, as opposed to berate. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's the unexamined life where perhaps you, um, by never articulating or formulating your values and your dreams, th that seems massively risky and that, you might waste not a real good opportunity, right? And that's never I work think, out what you actually want. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like that's the step up we've taken in this project. But then the risk of that, I think what what highlighting is that at least with the unexamined life, <laughs> you haven't got this watcher that's kind of like pointing yeah. out where you're falling short, which you mm. can risk having once you um plump for living a sort of more principled value life towards things you don't want to regret. Um, mm. So maybe there's another step beyond that, which is f knowing exact, having an examined life where you want to make the most of it, but finding a, uh, an attitude of acceptance in that with, that doesn't also lead to, hedonism or giving up or something like that yeah yeah it, it does kind of um yeah kind of bring up that question you brought, brought up earlier around like what if i just like chucked away my diary and my intentions yeah. just stopped like stopped kind of striving for a second and just was like what what would happen it's always kind of like i want to find out like <laughs> what, what what would happen you know with all this kind of uh ingrained in the back of my mind like what what would i naturally do like how would i feel yeah. if i just kind of let go yeah. of like plan planning and intention setting and constantly keeping check of myself i guess i guess i'm wary because i know that's where uh um bad habits would start to appear and i'd probably my level of self-care mm. wouldn't go up and risks I'd, uh, chaos so yeah yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure i want that necessarily like and i'd probably It'd probably be an effort to kind of get back on track but what what does back on track mean mm. what track, track are we talking about <laughs> when we were talking about that earlier like the exercise stuff i i thought about like when we were teenagers and it was the time where i exercised by far the most in my life but also didn't think think about it at all like we would no, just yeah we would be playing hours of football every day <laughs> on like you know, throughout the summer, we'd be playing days of tennis. We, we'd be sort of, mm -hmm. we'd do like cycle trips, two hours to the beach. Like if I did that level of exercise now, but like I, I planned it, <laughs> I was like, oh, I think I'm going to put, you know, do about five hours of cardio today. <laughs> yes. It would be absolutely absurd. But that, that was, uh, I guess that's where flow was at that time but we had the resources that the time and the people and the environment that just fostered having to have uh, being able to have that kind of um like non-self-conscious but fun and valuable activities which also inherently included well-being and exercising and yeah, I think that's so true. It really does get me thinking about like, yeah, environment is, is yeah. so important to this. And for our work, we will probably speak about that a lot. Like even even when I went to like Sydney a month ago, like just living there, like the way that made me like think about life and how the things I was able to kind of let go of and the things I felt like I was enjoying and like the incidental exercise and the incidental kind of swimming in the ocean every single day and the incidental yeah. like eating really healthy because everyone else around there was eating healthy like in the yeah. part of sydney i was in and um like the weather the pace of life like i think it's really underestimated like how much that can rub off on you and like creating an environment that it doesn't does induce that flow but also like not having to kind of constantly look at your 
I don't know, your bigger horizons, your goals, like so regularly that you're constantly yeah. reevaluating, just like being in an environment where you're, you're naturally going to progress and you kind of maybe do that every like six months as opposed to having to like weekly go like, oh, am I doing the things I wanted to do? How can I restructure yeah. my environment? Like everything, doing the things that are like meaningful and enjoyable to you and like uh, foster growth are kind of natural to the environment you're in as opposed to like yeah. having to constantly recreate that in an environment that doesn't serve you. Um, it's such an interesting idea mm. and it it's highlighted yeah. i think it came up when we mentioned the four-hour work week like if you're in a culture that's so the opposite of this value you have it, it's so much harder right? and it, it's the same with probably most of this stuff like like you said at the start about communication how once you ingrain a few ideas about lying and nonviolent communication and um games you just see it everywhere but but for you to be what feels like the one person trying to do things differently, it's so much harder than if you did live in an environment where not playing games, having intimacy, like healthy resolution of conflict was just the norm. It wouldn't mm. be that uphill battle. It feels like. Um, uh, we think about like, yeah, just that example of like playing sport. Every day. Like I didn't have to try and be, sorry, my daughter's, um, didn't have to try and be like, healthy or like do that consciously it's like i'll just have like five of you knocking on my door asking if i want to get up the rest like my my environment like facilitates that even if i didn't want to play like if i don't play we've got a four on four if you come so if you don't come it's gonna be rubbish you're like ah you're gonna guilt me into doing things i want to do (laughs) now this it really gets me thinking about that in particular is it's hard it's uh Maybe it's not as easy to. Maybe we should be focused on crafting our environment. Once we know what our values and goals are, maybe we need to focus on crafting our environment as opposed to, um, opposed to kind of like trying to achieve goals in an environment where you're kind of pushing a rock up a hill. Yeah, and I think that's. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit in Road Less Travelled, but like that's the benefit of. obviously could go for all the negatives, but perhaps a benefit of living in a, in a more, um, let's say religious culture, then you naturally, although you kind of perhaps have these values, um, grilled into you somewhat authoritarianly, like you naturally then live in a culture where you all have the same values. And, um, part of that, the downside of freedom is you're left a bit isolated looking for your clan and uh, a bit, you know, we have this, which is kind of like in a way our church, it's a way, it's a platform for us to just instill our values every couple of weeks or months or whatever. Um, But then in the meantime, especially during, and I, I don't want to talk about COVID, but during lockdown where you can't really see people as much and that you get fed up of looking on the yeah, internet, it, it's, yeah, to, the the environment to foster you living by the values you want is so important. It's something we probably haven't talked too much about in the podcast, so I'd be excited to do mm. that in 2021. Sure, yeah. And, um, you know, even think about, you know, like 12 set programs, you know, like AA and NA, yeah. they've got that... Um, a concept of a, a higher power, you know, but what's your kind of, uh, like your, your guiding force, you know, and actually like really looking into that. So it's not even necessarily, you know, it's built on religious foundations, but, uh, you know, what, really what is exa- that, mm. what's that, gu- what is that guiding, uh, force or principle in your life that you can kind of go back to, yeah. that, um, motivates you even when you do fall off track, like there's not, it's not kind of like you fall off track and then it's all on you. Kind of like, or oh, maybe integrating the idea slightly that there might be a different plan mm. for you, other than like you being the centre of the, the universe. Mm, it's, uh, yeah, it's difficult to kind of ingrain that concept without it feeling overly relig- religious. But I'm I'm sure there's angles on it that um serve can serve you. Well, AA is a really good example of, of the environment, right? Because you're putting yourself. In a group, AA isn't one-on-one, is it? It's a it's a group of you all struggling together, all trying to help each other out and foster these new sense of values. And it's taking you out of the environment you've um, 
fostered, which has become so detrimental. Like I'm sure loads of cases of people, um, I've lost the word, um, relapsing is like you, you find, you know, you detox, you get yourself in this great environment, which really fosters you to do that. You're in rehab with all these other people, perhaps who are on the same path. You, um, you got people helping you out. You dump back in your old, um, situation where all your alcoholic friends are, where you don't have any hobbies mm -hmm. that don't really involve alcohol. And it's so, it just, the environment just fosters you to go back into that place perhaps sometimes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think um, that's definitely something for 2021, you know, looking at like lifestyle design, you know, yeah. again, you know, where you spend your time, like where you live, you know, I'm going to be um, moving out soon to a different part of the city, like what hours you work, who you spend time with, what clubs you join. Like, I think that's going to be a real focus for me in 2021, like designing a life that kind of, yeah, facilitates, um, yeah, the sides of me I want to, I want to grow and get involved in rather than kind of, um, yeah, like because when you lose that, you can feel isolated. Then it's hard to keep up the motivation or have mm. the self compassion. Like if I like talking to you so regularly and like telling you when I've like messed up or done something stupid or whatever, like it, it kind of keeps you going in a way because you'll probably just like tell me not to worry about it or just laugh at me or laugh with me or, or whatever. You know, it's kind of a it, it's a nice thing. But when you kind of um, yeah, you lose that like connection or someone who's kind of going through something similar. It's easy to kind of uh, feel like it's all on you. And that's where mm. self-responsibility can be quite, quite daunting. And I guess like back to mm. AA and NA and stuff, like essentially it is up to the person like day by day to not drink or take drugs, but then they have the concept of like mentors there and you know, other people mm. sharing their stories. So it's kind of your, you're sharing the burden of self-responsibility. Like you're kind of, you're all on your own journey, but you're all on similar ones at the same time. So it's kind mm. of a, it's, a, it's okay to admit that and like vocalize where you're falling short and it mm. becomes a whole lot easier. Like I feel like a lot of the, the times I'm berating myself in my head when I tell you about it, I'm just like, we're normally laughing. Like I, I feel like any time reflecting on that, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. That sense of community and environment is important. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that, you know, well, a few of these ideas didn't come into today having thought about it at all, but they just sort of naturally emerged. That's really interesting. Ah, well, yeah, I guess uh, we've got to, I'm excited to do more of these next year. I wonder whether we can uh, uh, hit 50 by the end of 2021. I'm sure we could. That'd be a nice, nice goal. I mean, not necessarily about the, numbers, but it's uh, so 29 next year. 29. Yeah. Yeah, so if we include this one, 28 more over, what's that, 52 yeah. weeks, 12 months. Anyway, so it's about two, two, just over two a month. <laughs> yeah, all right. I don't know. <laughs> there, there, there's no need to put a number on it, but uh, I guess I did. So. <laughs> yeah. I know, um, I'm sort of really enjoying it. There, there's some cool books coming out this year as well, and like plenty on, we've got a nice list going on, and um, yeah, I guess we can keep chipping away at those. And, yeah, I think today's... Yeah chat will um lead me down some paths of what other uh, ideas to resource but at the moment we've been talking about um minimalism willpower stoicism all these different themes mm -hmm. we're going to go into different books and ideas we've we've sourced to chat about so us yeah it'd be nice to hold um it'd be nice to hold the questions we've kind of posed this one around like trying to find that balance between yeah self self-discipline and like self-compassion kind of mm. trying to find the, the middle ground of, um, kind of yeah, living a happy life with, with purpose, but also kind of be able to not constantly feel like you have to delay gratification to feel, mm. <laughs> to feel you can't you know, delay happy it inevitably, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that at some point. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's something it sounds like it's for you as much as me has been brought up and it'd be nice to kind of keep that in mind. I think the next few books, the topics you've just spoken about will be, lean into that quite nicely mm. actually so um, so uh yeah. next one we're doing is meditations by marcus aurelius back probably the oldest book we've done okay. yeah <laughs> by far yeah uh, a couple thousand years <laughs> <laughs> so he nice. was what nice. roman emperor 
early, not too, I don't think it was too long after Jesus, so almost 2,000 years ago. <laughs> be all right. Yeah, cool. Now, it'd be good to get some, um, yeah, I guess, more philosophical ideas in some ways as well. Um, done a few modern books recently, so it'd be nice to, yeah. He's a very pragmatic guy. His meditations were not um, really written for people to read. They were kind of written for him to reflect on, right? So I quite like that approach. Yeah, nice. And also kind of like, um, it's kind of the foundations of a lot of the books we are reading as well. Like a lot of the ones like draw on his ideas and those old, those old, um, old concepts. Well, so go back to the roots but nice one mate cool here we go it's uh, bloody hot here it's like I'm, I'm roasted it's like 34 degrees so I can't wait to put my fan on uh, so it doesn't mess up the audio so we got a frost outside so a bit different oh yeah different countries in it so, yeah. yeah probably yeah see you mate see ya <laughs>